0: Today's gospel speaks of the age-old human fault of hypocrisy, a classic definition being the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. As an example of how the culture attempts to twist something like hypocrisy into something acceptable, Take the popular phrase, fake it until you make it. The idea that if you don't have the confidence you need to succeed at something, you can pretend you do until you have the skills, tools, or experience you need to no longer have the need to fake it. And so in today's gospel, Jesus warns the crowd to beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues, and places of honor at banquets, for they devour the houses of widows, and as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. The scribes do pray, but they do so for the wrong reason, and what's worse, because if they use God to gain respect for themselves as the defenders of the law and through religious trappings, they are really about themselves. Here the scribes are part of the fake it until you make it persuasion, who claim to have a moral standard to which their own behavior does not conform. In the book of Isaiah, the Lord criticizes people who draws near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. The split here, it seems, between what is felt in one's heart and what is said on one's lips is the preoccupation of the religious elite in today's gospel. Also, it is assumed the scribes are aware of their pretense and consciously embrace it and if so they are truly active agents of evil to be consciously hypocritical is truly a dangerous offense because it presupposes you possess the awareness of what you are doing and what you are doing is deceitful for the purpose of taking advantage of others a wolf in sheep's clothing, as they say. What is interesting to think about, though, is that in the course of our everyday lives, there are times when we have caused someone harm unconsciously. And so maybe a close cousin to conscious hypocrisy is something we could just simply call unconscious hypocrisy. And if full-on hypocrisy is a consciously chosen deception for the purposes of promoting and protecting oneself, then unconscious hypocrisy can simply be a lack of maturity, a lack of integration. In other words, they don't know what they don't know maybe the eminent philosopher Louis Dupree captured it best when he said, such people are not bad, they're just not finished. For example, a husband says he loves his wife, but he is still so immature he talks only about himself and never inquires about his wife's feelings. In this case, We can say the husband is in a state of unconscious hypocrisy. He says he loves her, but his understanding of love has not matured enough to change him. The husband is pretending to be a husband, but he is not aware of the cause of his harm. He simply needs to grow up. By contrast, conscious hypocrisy would be a husband who tells his wife that he loves her, but in his heart, he does not. And his maintaining this pretense in some way benefits him. Again, the husband is pretending to be a husband, but this time he is fully aware of the cause of his harm. We all get up and get caught up in unconscious hypocrisy at times because we can't see what we can't see. But we all grow up in wisdom in our own time, in our own circumstance. And therefore, we should be patient and forgiving with each other when unintentional harm is done. And it seems we can often unfairly demonize unconscious hypocrisy rather than to come to its aid, instruct what is lacking in it, and place it on a proper path. Again, such people are not bad, they're just not finished. Moreover, it is not fair to demonize such people because we essentially demand something from them that they cannot give. But unconscious hypocrisy is subtle, often unnoticeable, but it often shows up in organizational life, where we have spent a great deal of our lives in our professional work. So it is worthy of a little reflection. In many organizations, there are mission statements, where values such as compassion, respect, stewardship, equality, etc., are values to permeate the organization throughout all its operations. However, if you talk to an individual or to a particular group in the organization, they may point to a policy or a behavior that directly contradicts the values. But more often than not, unconscious hypocrisy is not the result of an evil strategy, but simply a failure of integration many of which are entirely justifiable. For instance, things grew too fast. Policies were created out of expediency rather than values. Leaders caved in to different pressure groups. The cultural values of business or organizational life trumped the stated values. Only highly integrated people notice the gap between what is preached and what is practiced, which brings us back to Jesus, the widow, and the temple treasury. It is difficult to see the exploitation of the widow because temple theology and its policy was so well-established at the time. The law obliges everyone to support the temple, and the personal piety builds on the law and goes beyond it where donating is a sign of one's sincerity and commitment, which is true. That is, to give to God's house is to give to God. To give like the poor widow who gave from her poverty or her substance rather than the rich who give from their surplus is the moral imperative here. The poor widow doesn't have to concern herself with such heady games of conscious or unconscious hypocrisy because she gives from her heart. Christ never asked us for our surplus. He only asks us for our hearts. Let us pray for the courage and strength to give our hearts away. Let us also pray for a radical honesty about ourselves because it's our shadow self that really makes us into hypocrites. In fact, the word hypocrite comes from the Greek for actor, someone who plays a role rather than being real. And so we are all in one kind of a closet or another and are even encouraged by society to play our roles And it's not until grace is fully triumphant that we are all hypocrites on some level. But here's the thing. Usually everybody else can see our shadow. So it is crucial that we learn what everybody else knows about us except us. And the moment that happens, the moment we become whole and holy, is when we can accept our shadow self or to put it in moral language, when we can admit our sin. It is when we can move from unconsciousness to consciousness by a deliberate struggle with our shadow self. And so here's the paradox we must accept. There needs to be a struggle. Because the more we struggle, the stronger we will be.